0: Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors. We're talking to a previous podcast favorite, Matt Sharp from Sharp Property Buyers today, about buying under market value. My first question is in the market such as it is at the moment, can you buy under market value? And can you buy under market value in a hot market? Matt gives some awesome advice on making sure that you are ready to go if the opportunity arises. We talk about understanding the vendor's motivation and how that can influence the way that you put your offer together. And he also talks about making yourself more attractive. Sounds like self-help advice, but it is actually pertinent to putting an offer together to try and secure a property under market value. Matt's got some awesome tips and I certainly learned a lot and I think you will as well. Here's Matt. Matt Sharp, thanks for joining me back on Geared for Growth.
1: Mike, thank you so much for having me. I've
0: been looking forward to getting you back. And I know that you're a bit of a deal maker on the central coast of New South Wales, and we're talking about buying under market value. I want to start with a definition. Now I was almost a valuer back in the day, and valuers get very uppity about the definition of market value because I suppose that's the most important thing that they're doing every day is is valuing a property to market value. And, and their definition is an estimated amount for an asset or liability should exchange on a valuation date between a willing buyer and a willing willing seller in an arm's length transaction after proper marketing and where the parties had each acted knowledgeably, prudently and without compulsion. Uh, it's not a recipe for success to read out definitions in the first, say, 60 seconds of a podcast episode. That's probably why Todd from Pizza and Property gets more downloads. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because it sort of begs the question that, that, that buying under ma- market value perhaps means that, you know, it isn't a transaction between a willing buyer and a willing seller. But let's say that the the willing seller is actually you know, needing to sell for a certain reason, Um, you know, taking arm's length out of it. Like if you buy something from your brother, then maybe he'll give you a discount if he's a nice bloke. Um, But, you know, proper marketing and each of the parties acting prudently and without compulsion. In what circumstances do people buy properties under market value?
1: Mm, Mate, it's it's so interesting because it gets thrown around a lot at the moment, right? The old under market value. But I I guess... Look, there are so many different factors at play. And and I guess how to gauge whether or not you've bought under market value or not, for me, would be, um, you know, the most recent comparable sales. Let's just call it if you've got a three bed, one bath, one car on a a similar block size um, to maybe a property that's sold uh, recently, that's usually a pretty good indicator as to whether or not, you know, you've bought under or, or above market, what we would call market value, provided the properties were in similar condition. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know there are so many different factors at play. Um, you know, do they need to sell the property quickly for, for whatever reason? Um, you know, maybe they've already bought, maybe it's a deceased estate and, and the beneficiaries don't really care what, what price they get. Um maybe the agent really needs to get the sale across the line for whatever for whatever reason. So he might really be pushing um, you know, uh, your offer you know to the vendor quite aggressively. So, yeah, they're just, I don't know, you, you, you can't just put one single reason down, I wouldn't think.
0: So if we rewind maybe uh, 12, 18 months in your market where things were absolutely red hot, where people were calling you in a panic saying, we've missed out by $300,000 <laughs> um, because the property's just gone gangbusters. It, it begs the question, can you buy under market value in a heated market or is it always just something where it's a declining market or a stable market?
1: No, I think you can. I think I think the key to understanding whether or not you've bought uh, under market value is really knowing the market that you're buying within, and also knowing the the asset that you've purchased uh, compared to the other assets around that have recently sold. So whether the market's going up um, at a rapid rate or not, I think you can determine when you exchange whether or not you've bought you know above market or below market value based on those accurate comparables. I'm wondering when it comes to
0: buying under market value like obviously if you can identify somebody that is in a hurry to sell then you're just kind of competing with with other people and and perhaps you know it's between you and one other party and it's likely either of you will get it kind of under market value because if they just kept it on the market for another say 2 or 3 weeks there's going to be more people there's going to be more competition but how is buying under market about kind of standing out from the other people as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to be, you know, you want to be easy to deal with if if you're there buying. And I think that's one way to stand out. Obviously you want to have some, your finances ready. You want to be ready to buy as well. If you've um, you know, if you want to stand out as well Um, and you want to be really flexible in terms of your your terms and conditions with the purchase as well. That's another way that you'd obviously stand out too. Um, And, and also, look let's uh, I guess we'll call out the elephant in the room as well whether you have a, a good relationship uh, with the selling agent too not not just professional but uh, you know you could be someone a, a buyer uh, that's been working with the selling agent. Um, I, I use the word working in inverted commerce uh, in terms of maybe you've been looking at a lot of their their properties that they're looking to sell um, you know you, you could be then slightly um, I guess uh, you know standing out above the pack that way as well, because there could be a little bit of emotional connection there between the agent um, and, and the buyer, as well as, uh, you know, a lot of professionals like buyer's agents um, have relationships with selling agents as well, which would then mean that you'd naturally sort of stand out above the pack as well.
0: Yeah, that that's, it's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought about too much. We did a, a podcast interview with Braden Curry a little while back where he was kind of saying that often people go into a, a negotiation with an an agent or let's say they go to an open and they like to sort of point out the defects, like there's a crack in the wall or, you know, th- this is going to be hard to fix, where he's just kind of like, oh, if we just did X, Y, Z, that would fix that problem, wouldn't it? He's actually kind of showing the agent that this is a least resistant path, right? Because at the end of the day, the agent wants to sell that property and until they do, they don't get a commission, right? So is that an important way when you're kind of dealing with them to, to try and, of course, you need to negotiate hard, but you don't want to sort of be like a pain in the ass to them?
1: Oh, mate, without a doubt, right? Absolutely. So I think it's important for... It, the, the biggest mistake I see from, from buyers out there um, that are looking to purchase property and they're shopping around is they are critiquing the property, they're pointing out all the negatives, uh, you know, they're not willing to work with the agent and there's a lot of friction there. I think that's just a major mistake. As you mentioned, the first thing you want to be doing in there is just saying, Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Agent, you know, it's a great property. I really like it. Like how do we work together in order to get a good outcome that's gonna work for everyone? It seems
0: like that's we've almost been trained not to do that, right? Like don't show any emotion. Like saying that you like the property is like, oh, well, you know, they're going to take advantage of that because they know that you kind of like it. But there's nothing wrong. Like, I mean, they, at the end of the day, why else are you there if you're not trying to find a property that you like? And if you like it, they're like, the agent's going to be happy. They're not necessarily going to go, oh, I see weakness. I'm going to pounce. It's like, oh, finally, I've got someone that might want to buy this
1: bloody thing. Mm, I think the I think that's just the stigma with the sales agents, you know, like don't trust them and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I think that, I think that's nearly it's certainly on its way out now. Like I think with the internet and and everyone's reputation being so critical in this industry, um, I uh, look I think you you're definitely better off to be working with the agent, um, in order to try and get to an outcome. Be a little bit vulnerable if it's your first, you know, purchase or if it's your first investment purchase. Let them know where you're at. Like, I'm still working through things. Um, Look, our finance is done or our finance isn't done. We're about a week away. Look, we've just sold around the corner. Hey, I'm looking at my first investment property. What what does this return look like? Most of the agents out there, as you mentioned, they get paid when they sell the property. So they want to work with you in order to get to an outcome. And it's not like, I don't see too many sales agents out there that want to, you know, burn the buyer. So what I mean by burning the buyer is they want the buyer that buys their property to have a really good experience with them when they sell, because then one day when they go to sell that property, um, you know, who's mainly who's likely to be the first agent they're going to call the person that, you know, sold the property to them um, whenever that was prior. So they want to leave a really long lasting and and a positive impression uh, on that buyer. So I think the more that the agent can help you and the more vulnerable you can be, and the more that you can build a relationship, the better off you'd be. And I think building that relationship is key um, if, in order for you to get to an outcome. And certainly it, from my experience, in order to get to an outcome to buy under market value, the quicker you can build a relationship, uh, the better. Now, I, I think you can build a relationship in a day, in a week, no matter what amount of time frame that you have. Uh, I think if there's a property out there that you like, whether it be a family home or investment, and if you want to buy that property and you want to buy it well, you need to build that relationship very, very quickly. So how do you build that relationship? You build a relationship through being approachable to the agent, being available if they call. Um, Definitely call, get on the phone, get a little bit uncomfortable, chat to the agent, understand more about the circumstances around the sale, be a little bit vulnerable with yourself. Um, But just that, try and get that face-to-face interaction or at least over-the-phone interaction and communication happening. Um, don't take the easy option where you're just texting back and forth. Even if the agent texts you, I'll just jump on the phone mm. um, and try and steer away from from obviously the emails as well um, when you're building that relationship. Because like I said, um, the emotions will will come into it. Um, whether you believe it or not, they will. And when the agent's sitting there presenting your offer to the vendor in their lounge room, it's them going in bat back for you as to whether or not you're going to buy that property. And if they're sitting there and they're saying, I've had this dickhead. He's come in. He's told me the whole house looks like shit. Um, I haven't been able to reach him. He sent me an offer via a text. I don't know what he's doing. He hasn't even shared his last name. Um, And he goes, he's willing to offer a million dollars. But I've got this other young couple. uh, You know, they've been great. Uh, They've got a child that's, you know, maybe they've got a baby on the way. They've just sold around the corner. Um, I've spoken to him a whole bunch of times. I've also spoken to her. She's lovely. Look, they're probably... Look, they, they don't have. They've only got nine hundred eighty thousand. Mm. Um, but look, they've just been fantastic to deal with, and I'm pretty sure they're ready to go, or not ready to go. I'm pretty sure that they'd be a great fit to to live in your property. Like, how's that going to be received from the from the selling uh, from the from the vendor? You know that that's going to be looked at more favorable, and then you could argue then that you've bought under market value at nine eighty as opposed to one million.
0: Mm. Yeah, as you say, that's something that I guess we've been a little bit taught not to do because you know agents are tricky and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a conversation with the selling agent and the vendor, and you want to be the most attractive one. You don't want it to just be about price, especially if you're buying under market value. Now, you you sort of mentioned something a little bit earlier about being prepared, um, and and specifically. In your example, you were talking about, you know, maybe the finance is close or it's not there. But if you want, if there is an opportunity to buy under market value, it it, it seems like there's there's a lot of value in being ready to go, like then and there, like we can do this deal today. How much of a factor do you you think that plays in buying under market? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property
1: education as well. The value of that property would be within that marketplace and, and just have a quick look at how it's been performing over the last, you know, couple of weeks or couple of months. So understand the market, um, but also understand the property that you're buying. So, what do I mean? Is it in a flood zone? Are there any red flags? Is it in a bushfire zone? When was the last time it sold? You know, has it has it been in the one family for thirty years, or did it has it sold four times in the last ten years? So really understand the property that you're that you're inspecting and that you that you're considering to buy, um, because the reason why I say that is. Because if you go there on the saturday during the open or if you get a private inspection during the week your finance is ready you've done your due diligence checklist you're really in the final stages of whether or not this property is going to work for me or not and you can basically have a conversation with the agent that afternoon or the next day or or even on on the driveway to say look like this is ticking a lot of boxes for me i'm ready to go like are, are, are they ready to sell because I'm ready to go right now. Mm. And there's nothing better with getting good deals done than speed. Um a, a, An example would be for us just recently, we, we inspected something on Saturday, f- um, you know, for a client and, and managed to buy it last, literally last night. And it, it's when we're recording, this is now Monday. So that was a Sunday, but um, you know, because we had done all of those things, all of those due diligence checks prior to going there, we're ready to go. We're not, now fluffing around ringing the broker working out whether or not we're in a position to buy deciding on whether or not it's in a or understanding whether or not it's in a a flood zone a bushfire zone who the neighbors are we've already done all that before we went there Mm. during the inspection so mate i I think it's critical and and that basically just means like you are you're ready to buy yeah
0: because someone could show up you know, tomorrow with an extra fifty or a hundred grand that is maybe wanting to buy that property, right? So you could actually wrap that up just by being Johnny on the spot as it were.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. You you talked you, you referenced
0: a little bit earlier about understanding the vendor's motivation. So so, you know, why are they selling? Why is that important and are you often going to be able to get that answer from the agent?
1: Mm, look, again, it's another critical it's a, another critical element if you do want to buy under market value or if you want to buy at fair market value, um, to be honest. Um, so, look, you want to understand the vendor's motivation because you want to be able to work with them. You want to see whether or not you're in a position to be flexible to purchase or not, okay? Um, now, look, depending on the agent, depending on the circumstances you may not get the truth. That's just that's just the that's just the truth of the matter. But look, if you can try and gather as much information as you possibly can, it's really going to help with you when you're presenting the offer. So for example, have they purchased yet? Are you in a position to do a short settlement in order for them to quickly go and buy the other property? Are they still shopping? Do they need extra time? Um, you know, to find another property. So can you be flexible and offer a, a, an eight, 10, 12 week settlement? Um, are they moving into state? Is there a specific date um, that they need settlement in order for them, for their life to be made a little bit easier? So all of these things can start to become a really, I, I guess, um, a, a, an attractive proposition to the seller, which will take the focus off their price. You know, yeah. so they can, they can be a little bit, they can be attracted by, okay, this guy is actually, he's going to give us the extra four weeks to find it, to find our next home. That's really valuable to us. I don't care whether or not they're not at the million dollar mark, which is what we originally had hoped for. If they're at nine fifty, but we've got that extra four weeks, that's great. Let's, let's move on that.
0: Now, before recording this episode, you pinged me through a couple of points and one of them was to make yourself attractive and I thought, there's a reason why this is a podcast and not a video show, right? I'm a pretty ordinary looking bloke. What chance do I have? But what you are, what you're, I assume you're referring to is uh, is, is the offer attractive, right? So, uh, how important is it to, to package all of that together to make it look like, yeah, this might not be the highest price, but it's ready mm-hmm. to go? It's not flaky, it's not going to get renegotiated after the pest and building or something.
1: Mm, yeah, and I thought when I said that, you I thought the first thing you'd be thinking of is high high heels and a drunk night out for sure. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, um, yeah, and I guess it's just a combination of what we've just been chatting about. Okay, so make yourself attractive. So to us, that means that you're easy to deal with, um, with the agent. So obviously you're readily available. Um, you're nice to chat to. You're very transparent with with your own position and your circumstances. Your finances are ready to go. We spoke about the importance of that. Um, Also, you're very flexible with settlement uh, as well and any other terms and conditions, of course. And also, I think the other thing is um, that we really haven't touched on, it's a little bit ironic, but when you're presenting your offer, um, you know, put in a solid offer. And when I say solid, um, I I don't necessarily mean to the dollar value, but I mean, make sure your offer's in writing. Can it be on a contract? Can you have all your ducks aligned can the solicitor has the solicitor already reviewed the contract like are you ready to go like all of those um key elements that there are attractive propositions to a seller now the other thing that i'll mention as well mike you you said how um you know is there going to be back and forth with um with the agent in terms of counter offering i'm a big believer that you, you want your offer your first offer to be quite strong. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be at your absolute max, but you don't really want to be that far above it. And that's another, like that. that's also being attractive as well. You right. know, like it, it, you're putting yourself, um, you know, somewhere near the top of the queue. Um, and you're saying to the agent, look, I'm not here to muck around. I'm going to be really transparent with you. This is basically where we see the value And and you probably don't have to disclose that you've got a little bit left in the tank, but Mm. you're not coming in um, with a little low ball offer where the agent is going to dismiss it straight away because that could potentially undo all of your work in the lead up to presenting that offer in terms of building your relationship, getting in a good position, letting the agent know that you understand the market, letting the agent know that you have fair idea of where this price, uh, where this property sits in terms of its price within the market um etc
0: etc and if if we're talking about say a million dollar property you're not going to get it for 650 are you like it's it's just like sometimes you know these offers that they're just they're silly and they're insulting and as you say they do a lot of damage you often hear that a lot as a bit of a joke as an opening bid at an auction you know the place is going to go over a million dollars and someone says you're like 250 (laughs) like like straight away i'm assuming that the agent doesn't think that's funny because they've heard that joke say eight thousand times throughout their career but if you were actually a serious person you've kind of tarnished yourself from the beginning right let's say you might have been up going up to a million dollars but by doing that you've kind of made yourself unattractive
1: yeah without a doubt yeah you have and and you you mentioned you tarnished it yeah i I sort of referenced it but uh, you'll undo all of your hard work if you do something like that. If you if you say if you've worked really hard at, at what we've spoken about and you've ticked all of all of the boxes and what we've spoken about, and then you go to present your offer to the agent and it's six fifty and it's a property that's guiding at a million, you're going to undo everything that you've done and you're really going to piss the agent off. Yeah. Um. And 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 what that will probably do is that'll open up a window for other people to come in and say, you know. give them an opportunity to buy it and they might even have an opportunity to buy it then under market value or they might end up paying more than market value. But what it does is it opens up the door for others to come in. If you get a little bit closer to that, I guess that that million dollar mark. So for example, you go 90% of the way. So if you put an offer in at 900,000, you know, it's probably not all the way there, but still you're thinking, okay, we're pretty close here. And yeah. the agent's like, look, let me work with these guys. And it's, at least it's something solid that then you can take, that the agent can then take to, to the vendor to have a discussion.
0: Yeah, it's important to be serious, I guess. I've learned quite a lot, Matt, as I always do chatting to you. But if we can if we can wrap this up with a bit of a summary of your points, what, what are your big three?
1: Big three are come ready to buy understand the market in which you're buying in and the property that you're buying and also make yourself attractive. Very, very attractive. <laughs>
0: very, very attractive. I've got to hit the gym or I don't know, the injectables or something. I don't know. I think I'm too far gone to be honest, but uh, you're, you're flying the flag for, for fit young fellas. Love your work, Matt. Thanks for sharing your, your wisdom and your attractiveness today.
1: Oh, thanks, mate. Always a pleasure.
0: Cheers.